Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Oh, we're, we're live. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, well, let's start. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Uh... <laughs> burr, burr, burr. Look, look. And we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Brown ambitions back in effect. So real quick, somebody tweeted me. <laughs> somebody was like, Tiffany, somebody tricked me into going to one of those MLM parties. Oh, the gosh. Same- <laughs> like the same day that I listened to the um podcast and and you know heard that you took a brown break from it, yikes! And I was rolling. <laughs> it's always a friend too, you know, because yep. who else can convince you? Exactly. Like, oh, come to this, you know, come to my house. We're totally having drinks. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a party. Yeah, I might be have some. Might have some makeup. I'm selling some Tupperware. You know, whatever. Oh my um, God. That's too funny. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, you know who tweeted me today? Ooh. Well, he, t- he tweeted the the general Twitter population, but Soldier Boy, tell him. Okay. Soldier Boy <laughs> apparently wants to learn how to invest in the stock market. So oh. where else does he go for advice? But Twitter, of course. Anytime I want to learn a new financial uh, system, I definitely crowdsource from Twitter. Um, <laughs> so I noticed all my friends who are personal finance journalists um, were all of a sudden tweeting at Soldier Boy. And I'm like, what is happening? So around like around like 9 a.m. this morning, he's like, so I'm going to find the exact tweet. Let me see. It's yeah. so, so he tweets a lot. He does? Yeah. It's taking me all the way down his Twitter feed just to find what he tweeted this morning. Soldier Boy is like one of those. I feel like he's mentioned wanting to to be better about his money recently. But I mean, I feel like most rappers, all you see is like pictures of him with like big old diamond and gold rings and like chains and stuff. that every rapper can learn a thing or two from the rappers that have totally gone broke. I'm saying, right? Right? Oh, so he's, this is his first tweet. Anybody that knows more about the stock market, tweet me. I will follow you back. I'm studying it right now and need some tips. Thanks. It's just crazy to see Soldier Boy retweeting Investopedia, which is like my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> he's re- retweeting Investopedia. He's retweeting, retweeting the SEC. He's retweeting Market Watch, the journal. And I tweeted at him because um, actually today's guest, Eric Patrick, um, aka Hip Hop Stock Doc, had written a story for me at Magnify Money, five easy tips to buy your first stock. And so I was like, hey, Soldier Boy, we got you covered. And I, I uh, included a link and tagged Magnify Money. And he was like retweeted and say, thanks, I'm reading right now. That's what he said? Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, look at you. You about to be on um what is that um Love and Hip Hop Hollywood? Or no, is are they Hollywood? You look is up he like on that show? I think so. He's on one of the um the those like, you know, ratchet TV shows. See, now everybody who listens to Brian Ambition knows that I don't actually watch any of those Love and Hip I watch really I watch reality TV, don't get me wrong, but it is not the cool stuff. It's like TLC, 600 pound life. <laughs> um, toddlers and tiaras and a lot of cooking cupcake wars I'm down with that yeah but, but love and hip hop mm. only when I'm feeling particularly like if I'm like super overwhelmed like I'm just like I just need like a brain meltdown you know what yeah, I mean like, of course yeah yeah so when I get like that then I'm like you know what nothing's gonna soothe my soul like love and hip hop or um 600 pound life or basketball wise or something and usually like after a half an episode i'm like oh god okay okay <laughs> <I've had enough. laughs> my soul is like i need you to uh come on back into the room well yeah. i just want to say to soldier boy i mean he was very humble he was like retweeting everybody he's like i want to say thank you for it he retweeted this is what he tweeted to investopedia which could not be there's probably like five bald white guys who run investopedia and they're tweeting at soldier boy He's an investopedia. He's like, we just want to say thanks for bringing more awareness to exposure and exposure to financial literacy. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And Soldier Boy goes back, you're welcome. And I want to say thanks for educating me more on the stock market. Greatly appreciated. Oh, that's awesome. But you know what, though? I mean, even even though Soldier Boy is not um, is not like a hip hop artist that kids look up to, he he's still very wealthy. So they people definitely look at him as like I think Isn't like he, though. He is his net worth. No, well, nobody like so nobody listens to Soldier Boy songs. I, yeah, so, I, I only know the the Superman. Yeah, that's that's the only one I know either too. But he doesn't have any recent hits. But Soldier Boy, I think what his real claim to fame was that when he came up with those songs, he um, was the producer, the singer, the this. So it the few songs that you know that did do really well, he made all of the money, and his um his current net worth is like in the twenty millions or something like that. Oh, so he, okay. yeah. So it's so that's what's so cool about Soldier Boy is that even though, you know, he you know had a very short-lived popular career, that he was able to do so in a way that he grew great wealth and maintained it, which you know, that's better than more than half of the people in his kind of like his field. So yeah, like if you Google Soldier Boy net worth, I think it is like is it like twenty thousand something crazy. Yeah, he said, I made a lot of money. This is one of his first. I made a lot of money doing music over the years. I want to invest in style, instead of buying jewelry, etc. That's a that's a good. It is. Way to go. Look at you, Soldier Boy. You know what? You better make it cool to. um. Yeah, but then about like two hours after he had all this like stock market revelations. What does he pose but like a picture of gold Yeezys? Like no, gold plated no. sneakers. Do you know? I didn't know. I guess you hear about the Kanye clothing line and the shoes and stuff, and like, but I didn't realize he's like nine hundred dollars for shoes. Yeah, Kanye has like shirts with holes in them for like three hundred dollars, and people buy them. I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand a lot of things, but this is especially Yeezy Boost Adidas. But this is like what I mean. This is what you see, though. I mean, Kanye is like the rapper of all rappers. I mean, yeah. no, no, no. I, I under it. 19, uh, 11, no, $1,200 to $3,500 for shoes right now. I'm on Amazon. That's great, great. That is great, great. Who can afford this? Nobody. That's why kids get their f- shoes stolen. And they look like they, this looks like they wrapped a sweater around a normal shoe. Yeah. <laughs> it said, hey, shoe, hey, shoe, keep warm. Yeah. I feel like your feet would be very sweaty. <laughs> I know. 
No, but not, it's, it's those those activity are, sneakers. I've got Yeezys on. You know? That's I guess. I got I, my Payless shoes on. Yeah. Confession. I Have you ever heard of teaks? They're flats. Mm-mm. So teaks are like flats. And so the, the bottom, you could tell it's a teak because the bottom is that Robin's Egg Tiffany Blue. Oh, pretty. Yeah, so they're very like, you know, like they're one of Oprah's favorite things. The cheapest flat is 175 for a flat. The more expensive ones can go up to 200 and something dollars. And I never buy myself anything, quote unquote, fancy. So I was like, you know, I'm always struggling to find a good flat. And I said, you know what? Everyone keeps saying these flats are so comfortable. I had a really, really good month, like two months ago, like huge month, a banner month. And I said, I'm going to treat myself to these overly expensive flats. How much are they? I think I paid 175 for black flats. And so I bought them and they hurt me the first day all day long. <laughs> really? Oh, I thought it was going to be a totally different. I thought they were going to change your life. No. And then after that, I was like, I'm never going to wear these again. But then I ended up wearing them like a week later because like to go, you know how like you're, you're, you're running to get like groceries from the car or whatever. And you just throw on whatever's by the door. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to wear them. So I threw them on and they were comfortable. Um, and... I was like, oh, okay. So I started wearing them. And then one day I couldn't find them. And I'm looking for them everywhere. And I said, I know who has them, Supergirl. Because I saw <laughs> she, had, she was trying on my shoes. And Supergirl took them to her mother's house and kept them there. So I called her mom. I was like, can you bring my flats back? Please? Oh, this is just the beginning. Wait till she gets to become a teenager. <laughs> but in the meantime, when, when Supergirl had my flats, I, I needed to wear flats that day because I was going into the city and I wanted to wear flats to be comfortable and so I found my old black payless flats and realized that these nine dollar flats felt exactly the same <laughs> well <laughs> I was gonna say when you started talking about expensive good shoes like I think good shoes are an investment to a point to a point to a point especially in New York if you live in any city where you walk as much as New Jersey New York or any state as much as New Jersey and city like New York where you walk all the time you need a good pair of, of shoes because like my I have all these foot issues I never had before ankle issues and heel issues and so I, I had to I've shopped a lot of air, at aerosols which I'm not ashamed to admit aerosols mm-hmm. super comfy and it's the old lady store yes it's the old lady store but they have very fashionable flats <laughs> I must say and heels and boots and everything okay so take care of your feet but um I can't believe we haven't even mentioned that people will be tuning into this podcast tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning on election, I know. election day. Bum, bum, ba-dum. No, wait, what was that? <laughs> I know. Like, I don't, I mean, I, someone was like, are you going to an election party? I said, honestly, my stomach is in knots and I think I'm just going to turn off. I'm going to go vote, Abby. Abby. Yeah. I'm going to get my eyebrows done and I think I'm going to turn off everything and like, just watch <laughs> because I can't take it like I hate suspense movies I can't take it I just can't take oh, it this is I'm, I'm not feeling the excitement like you know Facebook memories just this is this week especially Facebook memories has been reminding me of it. all the past three elections or two elections because my very first election was voting for Barack Obama that's the first time I cast a vote ah. I was 21 how old was I 20 20 21 um, so that was a hell of a year to, you know, yeah. assume my civic duty. And I feel like nothing is going to compare to that year. And also the excitement, the pure belief in what he stood for. And, you know, in 2012, it was like, you know, just bring it was all about just getting Barack Obama and making sure he stayed in office. And this year, it's like, God, when will it end? Just put us out of our misery. I, uh, and I'm like, I just. I'm I'm not gonna lie, it's scary, and I'm like, so 
I mean, people feel like some, it's, it's weird, my timeline flips back and forth. There are people who are like, oh God, like I'm scared. Other people who are like, I'm sure she's going to win. And I'm like, I'm not sure of anything. I'm, I'm just, not, I was sure he wasn't going to get the nomination. Okay. I was sure about so much. Exactly. At this point, I'm just. Anything can happen. There are, no. there are a lot of uneducated people you know what's scariest about this election especially as a journalist who works really hard i don't even cover politics but i I write about how you know politicians policies can impact people's personal finances which has a huge impact on everything from tax rates to the cost of college to your retirement account um but there's just such a lack of interest in facts I feel like facts have been the real loser in this election. People like people want to believe what they want to believe. And there's no like there's very few people, especially who are, you know, on lower Voldemort's Voldemort's side who are interested in hearing the facts. And it's really hard to fight against those people who willfully want to be ignorant. Um, And I think that's what's scariest. There's there's just a lack of like logical you know, educated thinking and critical thinking. Um, because it's not about that. It's about a feeling that they're losing, um, they're losing power over some like mythological place that used to exist before, where there were no people of color and women were stood in their place. And like, let's go back to like Leave It to Beaver. I'm like, man, that was a show, boo boo. Like, that's not. <laughs> There was never, like, it's so crazy how people are like, I want to go back to these times. And I'm like, well, in the way that you describe in those times, it never existed like that. It existed like that for some people. I think what, when people, it's it's almost like in the beginning, it didn't, it doesn't start out racist with the whole make America great again thing. It's almost like, yes, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, like manufacturing jobs were like, you could get a manufacturing job and provide for your family. And it was a nice blue collar income. And as those jobs went away, Um, The working white class um, blue collar uh, system kind of crumbled and you have those people who are looking back on these old decades and they're like, man, I can't believe that, you know, I can't provide for my family. These jobs are disappearing. What you know, this this America is not recovering. I'm struggling. And they say they miss the good old days, but they don't understand that. And I think it's just like sort of a everyone's everyone will look out for their own self-interest and remember what how things are for them. But they forget what the rest of the world was going through in the 60s and 70s. Um, and it wasn't equal or, you know, they were the only ones doing pretty pretty well, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I want to go back to, the time when only I was benefiting. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I was perfectly happy back then. Um, <laughs> and you guys didn't have any rights anyway, so who, no one even knew you were struggling. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, you know, I just, part of me is just like, man, when are these people going to die out? Is that terrible? You know, it's so great. No, it's not terrible. I used to think that all the time. And you know what's so crazy though? It's like all of these, like so many people that support Trump. I'm like, dude, you know that he would, you would never be invited to his house. Like you're, you're not, like <laughs> you're not, not in any way, shape, or form someone that he would like hang out with, have over, want his daughter to marry. Like you're going mm-hmm. for a dude that is looking at you like beneath him, quite honestly. How is this narcissistic billionaire becoming the voice for the working white class in such a way? It is mind blowing. Anyway, I feel like if anyone listening out there is as as tired of the election as I am, here's what the one thing I keep holding on to um, is we have to vote like the best way to 
get over your election dysfunction disorder is just to go vote. Just do it. Because you can bitch about it all you want so long as you vote. I feel like people who don't vote, they don't, you know, they don't really have a right to complain. A vote, yeah. Not voting, staying home, not voting. I feel like you're just voting for Trump. Mm-hmm. We were at um, we were at the the house of one of fiance's relatives yesterday and his young cousin. He's 20 something. He's a NYPD police officer. We were just talking, you know, it's like a, an ad for the Trump campaign came up on the TV and he was just like, yeah, man, I'm not going to vote. Like, I don't know. I don't know who to believe. I don't know who. And I was just like, how can you not? No, like, how can you be on the fence? Um, and for I kind of, um, you know, and I got really upset and and fiance was like, you need to calm down. It's my family. But uh, I was like, I was like, what, what do you mean? You have to, you know, you, you, you have to make a vote. It's not just the president who's up for election. There's all your local, you know, congressmen, lawmakers who are actually writing the laws. You know, they're really important, too. There's a lot of um, legislators up for election, too. That's important. And he's just like. You know, I feel like Trump supports stop and frisk and that helps me in my job as a cop. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, it's not even that he wants he it's not even that he's like supporting Trump a little bit. It's that I I, I just don't see why people don't want to vote. Yeah, I guess his sense is that it doesn't matter. I mean, living in New York City, it's easy to think that because it's a blue state. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't feel, it wouldn't feel right. It would feel like not filing my taxes, or like not going for an annual physical. I would never miss that kind of stuff. How could you miss the voting? Yeah. No. I just, like I said, I just am gonna be up to the. I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty much gonna turn off internet because I know it's gonna be cray. Mm. On some emails, um, I'm probably gonna watch some reruns of uh, Fixer Upper. You're not gonna watch any election coverage. Oh, I'm gonna watch. I love- right. Even when, even when the, when the. I, First voted for President Obama, like I was like, oh my God. I was like so sick to my stomach because I was listening, and I was like breathing heavy, like oh my, God, I just can't take it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sure I'm gonna watch some, but I'm gonna be like so, oh my 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 mind can't take it. My mind. I know, and right. I'm I'm just praying for a decisive victory. Um, I'm praying that. I, 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 I'm praying that everyone just does the right thing for the country and not just the right thing for themselves. Um, anyway, so this is your brown ambition. Go out, get out the vote. If you're on your way to work right now, listening to the podcast and you haven't, you know, taken some time off to go vote yet, you got your lunch break. Polls in New York are open until 9 p.m. So you can go after work. Um, but you got to vote. Tweet us with your vote stickers. Just yeah. don't tweet in the booth. That's illegal, right? Like Justin Timberlake found that out. You can't, you can't take a selfie in the booth. Don't do it. Don't say Brown Ambition said I could. No. I know, please don't, because I do not have bail money. I do, but not for you. Wait, yeah, we don't have bail money. Uh, wait until you leave, and then tweet us a tweet us a pic at the BA podcast. God. Who is this person in my timeline? Yo, a dude. See, I'm, I'm planning to vote on November 8th, voting to make America great. How did Stephen Edward Adams end up in my timeline? And it's all these old Caucasian people me too. Yes. Make America vote. Great. Oh my God. How did they get in? How is he my friend? They found you. No, I'm like, mm. they're on to you. They're everywhere. Are you kidding me? There are ignorance is a uh, universal state of mind in some places. Um, speaking of, well, actually a terrible segue, but since we talked about Solange's album the other day, 
um, I wanted to see if you had a chance to watch her performance in SNL and see if her performance has, because uh, you weren't so impressed by the album, but did you see the performance and what did you think? I did not see the performance. I did not see the performance. You didn't see the crown, the glitzy crown? Honestly, I that don't. That spun around on her head and then Beyonce and Tina were both there? I didn't see, I didn't even hear, honestly, I'm so out of it. I'm not even going to mm. lie. I have not watched much tv i didn't even see beyonce on the, on the cmas i didn't you know what i'm actually i feel the same way i didn't know she was on the cmas and i felt almost sad as a beyonce fan like am i am i slipping <laughs> so i didn't see it for myself, I, okay, I still have yet to watch it though me too and i want to watch it because i heard it was good but i'm like i don't know i just i've just been like so just tired i don't know if it's just work. i'm just like I'm just exhausted. Is it all that baby making? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we have a lot of, we had quite a few emails from people um, supporting or with some, some tips on, on temperature checking and ovulation cycles. I'll just forward those on to you. Yeah. Um, so what, yeah. Any updates there? Have you, have you guys been to a live educated doctor? What was that now? You, you got quiet. I know. I said not as of yet. You know, it was so crazy. I was thinking of you today because I was thinking like I need because I went to the dentist today for a root canal. Whoopee! Oh God! I know. And um, and you're talking. I. You know what? Oddly enough, whenever this is not my first root canal, um, and so it it doesn't. It's like my wisdom tooth or way in the back or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it it's sore, but it doesn't like my face doesn't hurt. Just the, the tooth is a little bit tender. But yeah, and I was thinking that too. I'm like, I hope for taping the podcast I'm not it was at 11 so I'm feeling like mm -hmm, it's seven now so I'm good but yeah so I, but it, it made me think to myself you went to the dentist it's time to go to the baby doctor yeah yeah oh you know what it is I know I'm tired duh I babysat like my nephew almost for a full week listen can I tell him about the conference call we were on <laughs> yeah. so yeah. our our worlds are colliding and magnify money is sponsoring Tiffany's live richer challenge um for for 2017 which is super exciting Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, we had our first official call with Tiffany and her assistant, and <laughs> the entire call was like the baby gurgling in the background and the baby yelling, and it was I like know. he was just like, eh, yeah. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> He's like, so you scheduled a conference call during my active hours? That's not a smart idea. And I was hoping I was like, maybe he'll be asleep because like her normal babysitter um, was away for the week, and she's like, could you watch him? And I was like, uh. so I canceled most things, but I thought, oh, because usually. Like when I'm doing like work, like he has his little toy, so he's fine. But of course he's like, oh, do you need quiet now? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Wait, it's almost like, doesn't that make you realize, though, when my girlfriends um, and my just friends, people I know, women I know who work from home and people are like, oh, but you can just work from home and watch the baby. And, yeah. and they're like, uh, no, I still have to hire a nanny yes. to actually take because they, they suck up every ounce of your attention. Every and meanwhile, it's not even like he's like a, a four month old or something where you where it's like you have to always hold him like he's one. So he's walking and, you know, like he has his little like oh, I have mobile. Yeah. Which is like even more. So I didn't I don't really have a baby proof house. Like I'm using chairs and stuff to like lock off places where he can't go. <laughs> and like it was so crazy because you think that I just, you just don't realize how smart babies are. So he'd watch me pull a chair like in a little crevice so he couldn't go that way. And as he'd watch me pull it, he realized, oh, she pulled it by the leg. And next thing I know, he's pulling it by the leg to set himself free. And I'm like, how? 
how is this possible? So every time I would try to lock him in, I had to make sure he couldn't see the the the, the method I use, or he would be like, oh, is that how? Mm-hmm. They're little Houdinis. They are. I was just exhausted because every morning at like seven, he'd wake up and I'm like, good morning. And every night, I mean, it just, yeah, I got some work done, but let's just say I had to cancel the majority of my meetings. And I was just like, guess it's just me and you kid. And it was, I'm still, meanwhile, today's the first day where I didn't really have to watch him. And I'm, I didn't watch him really this weekend, but I'm still exhausted. I'm like, how do, how do moms do it? Baby hangover. So this is good practice for you then. That's what everyone said. They're like, how is it? My best friend, Drina, because she's got a one-year-old the same age. And then, to make matters worse, she asked me. She had to do a press conference. She's like, I know you have baby, you know, your baby nephew. That um, Her son is basically the same age. And she's like, but I really have to do this press conference. I'm only 10 minutes away. It's only an hour. Could you watch my son, too? So at one point, I had two one-year-olds in the house. And I was just like, what is happening to my life? That sounds like <laughs> a nightmare. Why? Can you imagine twin? And I looked at, like, my... um. Superman and I'm like yo you were a twin twin boys how did your mother oh my God. I don't know let's hope that twin dream pa- twin gene passes you <laughs> Mandy, don't they twin. skip a generation or who I don't know because if I have twins I'm checking out I'm, ch- I'm getting <laughs> my time card and I am checking out <laughs> 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 oh my god so funny, babies my- are so evil no, they, you, know, it's, you know what's so terrible about babies is that they're so cute that's- that you're like, what are you like? Nephew would be like, oh, does this cup have water? It sure does. Knock. <laughs> you know why babies are cute? <laughs> Evolution, because they would not survive if they would. weren't adorable creatures. We would have thrown them off a cliff yes. already because they're crazy. That's the same reason that you know frogs have poison darts and stuff like that for survival. <laughs> I'm telling you, it just every time you just like, I just can't take it anymore. That's when they smile and they're like, yes, you can. Come <laughs> on, look at this face. <laughs> like. I, I just want to, and then you, when he slept, I'm like, now's your chance. Take your nap. Because you were always torn between, should I do work now that he's sleeping, or should I just sleep too? And sleep usually one out. Mm-hmm. Man. Well, See? that sounds like a fun experience. Yeah. At least you get to give him back. Yes. Who, child. But then you miss them too. It's a weird thing. Because then I'm like, oh, I missed him. Yeah. But then I was like, you forgot? Have you forgotten? <laughs> They're manipulative. <laughs> I have to, we have to talk about this. Um, so I've been this weekend, speaking of TV, uh, I started watching the Netflix, the new Netflix show called The Crown. I feel like I'm going to catch you up on all the, all the pop culture. Oh, want to watch The Crown. Is it good? It's good. It's like the new, it's my new replacement for Downton Abbey. It's um, something about the British, British elite, just like Americans love this shit. Oh my God, we're twins. So it's about um, Queen Elizabeth. Or, uh, Queen Elizabeth, they call oh, her a little bit. Is that her fancy name? I was like, maybe you know something. Well, her nick. I'm learning so much. It's very historically accurate. Um, that her nickname was Lilibet. Lilibet. Okay. Um, I had no idea. I, I didn't really know. I mean, I just always. It's sort of like your grandma. You you're born and you just think, well, grandma was always 75 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so with Queen Elizabeth, I'm like, oh yeah, she was a young girl when she was made queen. Her dad. King George, the whatever, he passed away. He died from lung cancer, and um, she was suddenly thrust into um, uh, the 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 role of queen. And you know, she had been she had just been married, and she you know we talk about being the breadwinner in, in a relationship as a woman and how difficult it is. Imagine being the queen of England, and your husband is like a, a house husband. Um, so it's really interesting. It goes into all the dynamics of their relationship and assuming the throne. This was all only like 60 years ago. It was the 1950s, right after World War II. Um, 
anyway, just really good show. And um, but it got me thinking because this week or the last week, Prince Harry, who is like her grandson, Prince Harry, you know, he's like the wild child. Um, apparently he's dating a mixed race actress. Um, what's her name? I had never heard of her before. Her name is um, she's biracial. Her name is Meghan Markle. You heard of her? She's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Like black, white. I'm pretty sure she's black and white, but I haven't done the digging. Um, So, but you know, British British newspapers are way more like blunt with how they describe people of race. They're like, this is the headline on uh, the Guardian: the prince's new black girlfriend has set tongues wagging. (laughs) Like, jeez. But anyway, (laughs) sorry. Go ahead. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, does she have a career? What's her name? She's a black girlfriend. Um, but apparently, so one, but you know, what's even more scandalous than her race in the British monarchy is the fact that she's divorced. That's what I learned from watching the crown is how, what a big deal divorce was. Like you couldn't marry a divorced person. Like, isn't that nuts? If imagine if that was a law now, cause it, it went against the church of England's teachings. Um, and of course the queen was like the head of the church or whatever. Um, but her own sister had to give up the love of her life because he had been divorced before and the British government wouldn't allow it. Wow. Isn't that why uh, like uh, Prince Charles couldn't marry Camilla at first? Yeah, I think it was a similar thing. Yeah. I don't know. We haven't caught up to the Prince Charles yet. He's just okay. a baby. No, now I, I want to watch. Like, that's going to be my new, like, ooh, I don't want to do any work. Let me watch. Because I, I was looking. I went on Netflix on my borrowed Netflix account because you know how I do. Um, <laughs> Us too. And you know, the password stopped working last night. It's Enrique's cousin. And I was like, can you text him? He's like, it's midnight. Just text him though. It's not working anymore. <laughs> no, no need to, um, no alarm. You know, but uh, I just kind of need your login. <laughs> my login is, um, is Superman. So it's his. So I'm always like, yeah, I will always have this login. We should always only play for one person. Do you do that? You cobble together the subscriptions with family and friends? Because so we, his cousin uses our Hulu and we use his Netflix. My little brother uses my Spotify. Actually, he's a leech. I haven't. He hasn't given me anything. <laughs> he's like, hey, meanwhile, your little brother has all has all of them. It's like has given nothing. And he didn't even tell. He could. He just kind of like went on my account and just did it. He just added himself. I didn't even know. Oh, my God. Oh, he's man. like, I couldn't even figure out her, uh, her login. There you go. Well, I hope that the British newspapers don't mess up this relationship because we need more mixed babies in the world, okay? Yes. Especially royal ones. Come on. What? No, so I'm excited. Like, now I'm going to, I cannot wait. I'm going to, I'm probably going to start watching Crown tonight because it looks so interesting. It's really good. And it's like, it's relaxing. And I I don't know. I I love it. And the accents are on point. Her accent is like, it's different. And it's like so snotty British, like upper class. It's like, thank you for being here. We're so happy to have y'all. It's it's all very like nasally. It's, I'm doing a terrible job of it, but it's good stuff. Good good stuff. Well, and the like, outfits, come on. I'm super excited. I saw some of the um like review, like you know, like the trailers, and I was like, oh my god. She like I remember. I think her husband said something like, "Do I have to bow to the queen or something?" Yes, he didn't want to bow to her at her coronation. That's what I'm talking about. Talk about being the breadwinner and how hard that is as a woman, and then like to oh, to rule a country. Uh, yeah, it's, I think that's one of the more interesting parts of the show is his reaction to her being the queen. It's, I think it's, and and, in one sense, like you want to think, oh, he's just being a jerk. He should support her. But you almost kind of understand at the same time, um, what he's going through as well. But they, they make him look like a big douchebag. Not going to lie. I want to see, I want to see. Prince Philip. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. 
Um, well, alrighty. Anything else we want to cover? Buzzworthy? No, I think we're good on buzzing. Everybody's going to vote today? Yes. 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 You shall. Uh, if you don't know where your voting precinct is, just Google it. Google, actually, just go to Gmail, because Gmail, yeah. they have this really cool, like, pop-up that asks you if you know where to vote, and it tells you exactly where to vote. You just got to put in your address and, like, the address where you're registered, and it will tell you, because my, my voting um, site changed, like, a couple years ago, and I was, like, going to the old one, like, wait, this it's at a school, but it was, it's at a new school now. So I'm like, okay, now I know. I'm going early, though. I had to drag my butt to Queens. Not excited. Oh, I know. That's the address. My bet to Westfield, clearly. I have not lived there forever, but I, that's where... At least that's you can I'm... drag yourself in a vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be dragging myself on an hour and a half of train rides. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's move on because I'm really excited about today's guest, um, Eric Patrick, Hip Hop Stock Doc. And I think yeah. he's about to ring in. Um, he's going to answer some questions, give some tips on how to start investing in the market. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, Brian and Vision fam, you asked, we have listened, you've been asking us for months to bring on someone to tell you guys how you can get started investing in the market. Um, and finally, we found the perfect guest. His name is Eric Patrick. He's the founder of the Black Market Exchange. Um, and Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry that it's just me. Tiffany, unfortunately, has to do some big lady boss stuff. So she's not here. So it'll just be us today. Okay, so, so you know, much respect to her, but it uh, sounds good, and I, I'm ready to get this going. Awesome. So, Eric, tell me, what is the Black Market Exchange, and how did you get started uh, writing and get curious about investing? So, the Black Market Exchange is an urban investment education platform, and by urban investment education, I simply just use hip-hop and modern media to help explain um, finance and investing topics. So it could be a, a rap lyric, it could be um, a scene from a television show such as Empire um, or whatever it is that, that's a very relatable topic, kind of mainstream media. And then I use that to relate it to something in financial markets, you know, particularly stocks. And so that's what Black Market Exchange is about, just really trying to bridge that gap, especially for um, millennials um, to uh, really just be able to connect and really understand what investing is and make it just easier to do. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, so let me just read a question from one of our listeners. Um, her name's Ariel. She says she's 27 years old, um, and she's a New York City public school teacher. And I think that her question really sort of personifies the general uh, feeling of hesitation from young people around investing. 
She says, mm-hmm. I was wondering how can I responsibly start investing and or purchasing stock? As someone who feels completely illiterate in terms of the investment world, I've always wanted to explore and see if there were any options for me. Um, like and many people, I have a few financial responsibilities like rent and bills for, that I feel like are furthering my education. Um, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to put much money into investing. But I would like to educate myself and I want to see what my options might be. So that's a question from Ariel. Um, I mean, what do you say to people when they're like, you know, I really don't feel like I know enough to start investing. Where do I even start? Uh, I mean, to start, of course, you know, Black Market Exchange is a wonderful platform. Um, but there are other um, avenues out there, you know, Investopedia is out there. And I actually believe in, you know, some passive approaches, kind of like how Rosetta Stone works. So, you know, networks like a CNBC, Fox Business or Bloomberg, um, even just reading on Yahoo Finance or MarketWatch can really help someone to kind of understand the markets better simply by being in that element. You know, it's it's almost like if you I don't want to say exactly, but, you know, if you go to sleep and you, let's say you just have some something going on in, in some headphones and it's about investing, you might passively gain that information. And I think that that is really helpful for people to understand, because uh, one thing that I've come across from some of my audience is that the lingo is very hard to understand. And it's really just throwing around a lot of different terms, but they really end up meaning the same thing. And so, you know, it's just a little bit intimidating at first. But if you can find something, a platform that you're comfortable with, um, you know, regardless of where that may be at, there's several financial blogs out there and platforms that can really help people understand um, finances and investing at a very basic level. And so really it's just finding that one to connect with. Well, let me interrupt you because I feel like, um, you know, my younger brother included, some young people mm-hmm. I talk to, they're like, you know, I can't even think about investing. You know, I just want to save cash. You know, I saw my mm-hmm. parents go through hell during the recession. Um, I'm not willing to to gamble in the stock market. So I'm just going to put everything I have in the savings account and just figure it out later. I mean, what do you say to people who are who feel like cash is a safer investment? Um, I, I mean, it's great to have, of course, and, and you need it for emergencies. However, when you look at um, something such as inflation that's going to eat away at that cash that's just standing idle, that's really going to hurt you in the long run. So, um, you know, you, you mentioned the recession in, in the market going down. However, the market tends to be cyclical. So over time, it's always going to end up recovering. And, you know, since the 1920s, the market has returned on average about 7%. Um, after inflation. And when I say inflation, I mean, on average, your money is worth or it has 3% less buying power than it did before. So say, for instance, if you save $100 this year, next year, it's really only going to be able to purchase something at about a $97 price point. And that trend is going to continue on and on and on. So the more you continue to only save, that money is going to be worth less in the future. And even though from a dollar value, it seems like it's a lot from an actual purchasing power and what you can do with that money isn't to your advantage. And that's why investing is so important. So it's sort of think of cash as money for saving for money that you're going to need really soon. And investing is all about for the long term stuff that you'll need later, like retirement funds, right? Exactly. And it's always great to have. I mean, you're going to want to have some cash when you are in retirement, but specifically that cash is going to be more so that you can dip into if you need it now. You know, if you think about real estate, if you have all your money tied up in real estate and you have an emergency, it's hard to get that money out. So that's why cash and even investments, for that matter, are great vehicles because they allow you to obtain that cash quicker. 
And and that's what your savings is really going to do. It's just going to give you that safety net, you know, for the interim until, you know, as you continue to build wealth over time. Okay, so let's talk about the stock market. For people who don't know, what is this? Like, what do you what do people mean when they say the market? I'm in the market. The market's up. The market's down. Uh, what's the stock market? So the stock market is actually in reference to just stocks. And so you might people might think that it's associated with bonds and you know every other kind of vehicle it could be real estate whatever but really the stock market is specifically for stocks now you might have something like an exchange traded fund um, which is similar to a mutual fund but it's kind of has more of the price friendliness of a stock um, but traditionally the stock market itself is about stocks but then you can have, have the bonds market you know you can have a um, foreign currency or, or the forex marketplace so the stock market itself is specifically is specifically about stocks but since we're usually talking in a general sense, when someone says, like, I'm in the market, essentially they're just saying I'm investing in some form or fashion. And it's traditionally going to be related to stocks or bonds. Now, stocks, what are those? Like, I'm trying to get to the questions that people are too afraid to ask because they think they sound stupid. What's a stock? Uh, a stock is just ownership in a company. So you may have heard of the term equity before. So if you own shares of stock in a company, you have equity or ownership in that company. And that's all that it means. Gotcha. And one of the mm-hmm. one of the things when people ask me, you know, I, I want to start investing, like, where should I start trading stocks? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why do you <laughs> feel the need to trade stocks? Like, people tend to forget that just simply opening up a 401k um, mm-hmm. is a form of investing. So, you know, what advice do you have for people who, you know, don't, are kind of torn between should I open up a 401k or should I, you know, get a Fidelity account? Well, as far as your 401k goes, definitely looking to see if your company offers a, a match program. And by a match program, I mean that they might say for every, you know, 5% of your check, we'll match it up to 100% of that 5%. So if you put in, for example, $100, they'll match that $100. And they'll do that every time um, you get paid. And that is essentially free money. That's regardless of how the market is doing, if it's going up or going down, they're just matching your money. So in opening in getting a 401k it's highly recommended as long at least if there is a match program in place now if you're if an employer doesn't offer a match program then you have um other opportunities such as a traditional ira or which is an individual retirement account a roth ira um they essentially have different tax implications which you know may be another talk but um those are ways for people to invest in for retirement without necessarily tying it to their employer and um, that's where, you know, a Fidelity account will come into play or, you know, something like a TD Ameritrade or, or something like that. Yeah. And in, I, in t- oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say um, having a an IRA. So basically the IRA is based, mm-hmm. it's just like a 401k except for you own it yourself. It's not through your employer. So you take it with you wherever you go when you switch right. jobs. Um, do you feel like everyone should have an IRA that they have? open so that when they switch jobs, they can easily just like roll over their their 401k into that IRA? Um, it's always great to have options, um, even if you're just contributing, you know, uh, a little bit amount in there. Um, I definitely think it would be good to all. It's kind of like life insurance. You know, when you have life insurance through your job, technically, that's not really guaranteed because it's tied to your job. So um, you kind of always want to have a little bit extra outside. And so I would look at getting an IRA in the same fashion. You don't necessarily have to put, you know, exuberant amount of money in there and, you know, until you're really maxing out the 401k portion. However, it is good to have something in place already 
That way, in the event something happens, that transition can happen quicker and more efficiently. So when people are looking, I remember my first job in New York. Oh, my God. I I knew nothing about investing or what a 401k was. I knew that we've, I vaguely remember from orientation, we had a 401k. It wasn't until Mm -hmm. I left two years later that I realized they matched. Um, and I hadn't been contributing a, a, a nickel and I basically left all that money on the table. Um, but I didn't, I didn't sign up because I was so overwhelmed by the option. So for people who are, you know, they, they know they have a 401k or a 403b and their employer is like, here's your investment options. And there's 20 of them and they don't know what the heck all those letters mean. I mean, what's your advice for someone who's just starting to, to figure out what's the right investment for them? Um, they should definitely um, look into see who's running their account. Um, they can get that information from their human resources department. You mean and, like a and then they can ju- or? Right, right. So, you know, you might be employed by company ABC, but they could be using a Vanguard or a Fidelity to help manage your 401k or 403b. And so, you know, whoever's managing your, your money um, – there's always somebody that you should be able to get in contact with at that company and someone should be able to assist you in regards to choices. Now, usually when you are um, opening your 401k or, you know, a retirement account with your employer, they're going to give you, you know, kind of like a pamphlet with all these different options in there. And that can seem overwhelming. And that's when you want to reach out to that financial professional at that company to help you. Um, I know um, uh, my current job, we were actually bought out by another organization and they had a representative from um, the financial institution come and sit down with every employee as they were setting up their account, kind of explaining everything. So, you know, if you think about it, these different funds out here have fees tied to them. So you're paying for those services. A lot of times people just don't know that that comes with what you're paying for. So, you know, the best thing that you can do is just ask, you know. How do you feel about target date funds? Target date funds are basically um, you're investing according to your age, according to your projected retirement date. Um, And they're supposed to be like a set it and forget it type thing. Like it's Mm -hmm. like a it's like kind of going to a buffet where you get a little bit of everything. um, And it's supposed to be like the easy way for young people to get into investing. Um, What's your take on target date funds? And is that a smart move to make when you're just starting out? I think target day funds are, are definitely a good move to make. However, um, you know, I wouldn't try to uh, spread across so many different funds because I mentioned, uh, you know, not too long ago that there's several options that you may be presented with. Um, also, you don't necessarily have to look at just um, the target date based on, you know, one year when you plan to retire. You know, maybe look at a couple of different years and see what is within those funds. And if you do, you know, look into more than one fund at a time, um, just see what is in them, because, you know, y- y- you may you may have heard of it where the younger you are, the more the riskier that you can be with your money or with your investments. So people are tend to tend to be, you know, stock heavy and not necessarily as much as in bonds. And the older you get, the more that kind of shifts in in the vice versa direction. And so really just looking at what is in those funds. Is it bond heavy? Is it is it stock heavy? Does it pay dividends out from the fund? Um, These are things that you can look for um, with that fund. What is the performance history of that fund? Um, What's the management history of that fund? If you have 10 managers in 10 years, even though that might be the target fund for when you plan to retire, does that mean that it's a good fund because of that high turnover? You know, that's something to consider. And once again, that that's something that, you know, the financial uh, a financial professional at that institution can really sit down with you and kind of explain those different options and what they mean. You know, even just basic down to what is a stock? What is a bond? What is a dividend? 
what is an expense ratio um you know just things of that nature and so it, it can really be beneficial using a target day fund just make sure that you're not just only setting it and forgetting it you want to read the fine print and kind of research a little bit more to make sure that it's going to be the right move for you and i know a lot of people like they think a target day fund like they should get a bunch of different ones but a target day mm-hmm. fund is meant to be an all-in-one solution like you just need one target date fund because it's it's already diversified within itself right mm-hmm. yes yes it is and um and, and that's what i was saying like it can have different variables in it it's just what are those variable variables that are within it and you know how uh risk averse do you want to be or how tolerant are you you know i mentioned about some could be more uh, stock heavy, some could be more bond heavy, some might pay dividends, some might have more exposure in international markets than others. So those are the things that you want to look at when choosing one. And then, you know, try to you can be diversified within one fund, just try to make sure that you have a, a nice balance within there. I mean, why is it important for people to invest early? We talk a lot about young people. I mean, why, why all mm-hmm. the pressure to start doing it when you're so young? I mean, we've all heard of the phrase compound interest. Um, we know that that's the eighth wonder of the world. So the sooner you start, the more um, the more time you have to accumulate wealth. And by that, you know, if you if you're making on average, you know, a certain percentage every year, you have to think about it. You know, for example, 10 percent of one dollar one year is less than 10 percent of ten dollars the next year. And so the more you contribute, the more that your money makes over time. That percentage amount might stay the same on average, but the amount it actually means in dollar value is going to be more, which is going to help you achieve your goal faster and get to retirement and live comfortably in retirement. It's amazing what happens when you just like let time work. Mm-hmm. I wish I, I, I was 24 when I started, finally got my, my life together and started investing. And I think I just started putting away five or six percent and then eventually 10 and 11 percent. When I was trying mm-hmm. to, you know, when I got a, a, a raise and I moved to a new job and I just checked my account, I have $40,000 in only four years, four or five years. Exactly. And a lot of times that's how it happens. You look up and you're like, wait a minute, where did all that money come from? And it's, it's you know, uh, life insurance kind of works similar with, with whole life. And you think about cash value, a lot of times you always hear once you get about seven or eight years, that cash value really kicks into your benefit. And it, it just works the same way when you're talking about investing in the markets. And, you know, a, a prime example, I have an account for my daughter. She's two years old now, and I do savings challenges to apply money in there. I invest in, you know, particular um, opportunities. And by the time, you know, she's in high school, my goal is for her to have a set amount in her account already. So that way, when it's time to go to college, we have that option for money. If she wants to start a business, she, whatever it is that she wants to do now that the option is there. And then, of course, I hope that when she has her children, it just continues on and on. And that generational wealth is, is really in place. Also, she's really cute. You got to go check out his blog. <laughs> I didn't even Thank mention you. the website, the, the BMEX.com, right? Yes, yes. The BMEX.com, the Black Market Exchange. Um, and real quick, let us talk about where to start. Okay, we talked a little bit about the 401k. Um, but some of these companies, Vanguard, Fidelity, Charles Schwab, they they require, you know, $500,000 to open an account. What if you don't even have the money to open up an IRA right now? Um, there are several other options that have come about nowadays. I mean, if you look at a company like a Acorns um, Betterment, they're allowing people to start investing with a little less $5 and you know, maybe a hundred dollar uh, contribution. 
Um, so those are there are definitely a lot of outlets um, available to people, specifically if you don't have those amounts. And, and you know, that kind of goes to investing was always reserved for the extremely wealthy. Well, there are a lot of firms that are coming out that are realizing clearly everyone is not extremely wealthy. So what can we do for the for everyone else? And, you know, just a lot of opportunities are coming about to where people can start investing. And it might not sound like a lot doing five and ten dollars here and there, but that compound interest is is lovely when it kicks in over time. So you just have to be patient and just wait it out. Now, exactly what I get this question a lot too. How much is enough? You know, five, ten dollars is one thing. But what if you, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're getting a steady paycheck and you're, you know, you have your little 20 percent for your your student loan payment or whatever. I mean, how do you decide how much you set aside for retirement or investing? Um, I, I would say just just start with a goal and see what's comfortable within your budget. So maybe if you do start with five percent of your paycheck and, you know, see how that goes for, you know, a few months. If, if everything seems to be OK, you still have a little extra cash, maybe bump it up to, um, you know, six or seven percent and just continue on in that process. It, it's similar to with the 401k that we mentioned. Usually when you start with a 401k, you might start with a lower percentage of your paycheck. But as you grow older, you know, your expenses are probably less. And so you have extra money that you can start contributing more and more. And so it works the same way. However you, you plan to invest, just simply start with an amount or, you know, percentage, however you want to look at it. And then just start increasing that as comfortable within your budget. Just start, period, right? Just, like, do it. Don't wait. Just, exactly. <laughs> Don't wait until you're smart enough. Do you get that? I mean, I feel like sometimes people are like, well, I'm not, I'm not an expert yet. Like, I don't have a degree in mm-hmm. finance, so I can't possibly start investing. But you really, it may feel like that, but you don't, you don't have to know everything. You just need to know a little bit of the right stuff. Um, and to that yeah, end, I'm, I mean, if you're going to tell people that, sorry to interrupt, but if you're going to tell people, you know, here are the three or four websites or resources, I would tell someone who's just getting started and wants to learn more about investing, where would you tell them to go? Of course, Black Market Exchange, uh, the Other than your own is, site, is we get it, we get resource. it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Investopedia is, you know, that's, that's definitely an end-all be-all in terms of just definitions um they have a lot of videos on there so investopedia is a great website Love yahoo finance hey yahoo, yahoo finance I, I almost consider that like the holy grail when it comes to just getting news and, and information um it's very easy there i love their the app um it, it's just a great resource to go to and um another one i would say is uh, market watch market watch is, is similar to a yahoo finance as well and um you know that's just maybe kind of a uh user experience kind of thing but um i would say investopedia yahoo finance and um uh market watch are great resources to go to for for information excellent well eric thank you so much for coming on and talking about investing i feel like we just scratched the surface but i don't want to overwhelm mm-hmm. the people i know what it can feel like just get overwhelmed but we'll definitely have you back on this was really fun and interesting thank you i I appreciate the opportunity and uh, i love what you guys are doing likewise and everybody you can go check out eric you can find him at the b b as in boy e m x wait was that right no let me do that again you can find him at the (laughs) b m e x dot com and on twitter he is hip-hop stock doc there it is All right, so let's uh, cap off the uh, election day with some good news and some wins. Yes, you want to go first? 
Yeah, I'll go first. So it's actually, I read a really sad headline. You know, I've been reading a lot, everyone has, about the refugee crisis happening in Syria. And um, I just saw today another boat full of people sunk Mm. off the coast of Libya, 200 refugees drowned at sea. And that's just the start of it. Hundreds, thousands, maybe people have died trying to flee from their countries. Um, And anyway, it got me thinking about the story I read about the founder of Chobani, you know, everyone's favorite yogurt. Oh, yeah. Um, What I didn't realize is that the founder, he's actually of Turkish. uh, He's a Turkish immigrant of Kurdish descent. um, And he bought the factory in New York and he employs 2000 people making all Greek yogurt. His name is Hamdi Ulukaya. And so I saw a story in The Times about how he's cotton. He's cotton. Wow. I'm educated. He's got a (laughs) lot of flack from conservative um, bloggers and stuff because he's made an effort to employ more than 300 refugees in his factory. Um, he started a whole foundation to help migrants, and he's been traveling to to Greece to bring awareness to the refugee crisis. Um, now there's been calls to boycott Chobani. Like people are being that petty, I'm trying to boycott understand. some yogurt. I just don't understand, like why people get angry when, like non, like when brown people are trying to help other people. Like I just don't understand, like what is the why can't, or not even like, won't say brown, but like if you're, what is so terrible about wanting to help people? Like, because they're taking our resources. Right, because And raping know, our women and children. <laughs> it's just so crazy to me. And I'm just like, I just. It's racism. Yeah, it is, honestly. That's just what it is. It's just like flat out, I'm racist and I don't want anybody to benefit that doesn't, that doesn't believe in the same religion I believe in, that doesn't look like me, that doesn't. I don't even know. It's just so crazy to me. But I'm like, you know what, though? You're losing. Like, it's a losing battle. Tower Records, Sam Goody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? By 2042, minority, minor, majority minorities in the United States. Like, we come in. We're here. We out here. Because your son loves some Jay-Z and Beyonce. So he's looking for him so crazy in love. And he's going to be <laughs> one to break the cycle. And you're going to have a brown grandbaby. <laughs> Now everybody go buy some Chubani. I wanted, I just wanted to make him my win because I feel like not only is it an immigrant helping other migrants, but um, it's just a, ta- it's a, it's it's the reason why we need people in of diverse backgrounds in positions of power. He started this company from scratch. He employs two thousand people, and he 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 doesn't have to go out of his way to give these these migrants jobs, you know. But you know, I think who better to understand what they're going through than someone who immigrated here as well and. I don't know. I just thought that kind of counteracted all that. It's just, it's really sad what's happening. I think people sort of feel powerless um, to help these people who are dying, you know, trying to flee to the United States. And um, I'm, 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 it's unfortunate that uh, people are trying to boycott a yogurt company now for trying to do some good in the world. But I just wanted to say, Mr. Ulukaya, I'm going to go buy some Chobani to support yeah. you, even though it has a lot of sugar and yeah. that's not good for you. But I mean, maybe I'll get the, the, the non-fat sugar-free one. <laughs> well, mine is also a win. I want to celebrate Mary Ketani. I, I think I'm saying her name right. Ketani, 34 years old of Kenya. She collected her third consecutive victory at the New York City Marathon on Sunday. I saw so many great marathon um, pictures and videos on my timeline. And she's the first woman to do so since Greta Waltz in 2000 in, um, in 1986. Oh, wow. And, Where's she from? Yeah, she's from Kenya. Well, oh, oh, well, Gret, they don't say what, where she's from. But Mary is from Kenya, which I think is so dope. 
And the fact that she did it three times um, in a row, which Jeez. is really awesome. What is it? What is it about Kenya, man? Holy crap. Did you just hear myself? I swear. I've got to get out of here. I can't even. I'm a professional woman trying to do a podcast and my mother-in-law is yodeling. You can have a singing mother-in-law. We're net net now. We're even. <laughs> no, I don't think that's good. But you, you know what I've heard about Kenya is that the air the air is um thinner, so your your lungs begin learn how to be. Especially if you grew up there and you're you know working out there, your lungs learn how to be more efficient. Mm. So like Kenya and some other places with high altitudes like that. So when you're running in lower altitudes your super efficient lungs work even better because it's like, well, we've worked hard with less, so we've got this, you know? Oh, that's awesome. Well, good for her. I love the marathon. This is the first year where I haven't known someone doing it, so I didn't go out there and spectate, but it's just fun. It's like, it's hard to be in a bad mood when you're watching people run their hearts out and you just want to cheer for everybody. It's so hard what they're doing. Like, you know, especially people for the first time, last time, it's awesome to watch people walk it. It's just, it's just... I, I went to um to the mar- my first marathon well I didn't write but to support my friend Diessa it was in San Diego and it was gorgeous and awesome and so much fun to see people of all different ages and races and sizes there was one guy in particular I remember he was kind of hefty and he had a t-shirt on and when he ran back he said yes I know I'm fat but guess who's in front of you <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious that's good and I was like, oh, because, you know, I'm sure he's like people, you know, people are wanting to judge. Like, oh, he's big. Like, yeah, but you're reading the back of my mm. shirt. I have a word for that. And I identify as this person as well. Fat leet. I think you can, you can be fat letic. I'm going <laughs> to trademark this because I'm a fat leet. OK, I'm always the big girl. And I'm not even OK. I understand. I'm self-aware. I am not like big, big, big girl, but I am big enough to go to a pure bar class with all these like size negative zero women and feel like a whale. Um, and I and I feel like when I walk in, every, I'm, I get extra attention, okay, from the instructors, like, are you okay? Are you gonna need just take your time? Like, it's okay. And I'm like, Mitch, I've run a triathlon. I have <laughs> I've run 100 mile bike tours. These thighs may be thick, but they have done work. They know, know what they're doing. Skinny does not necessarily equal health. I know so many skinny girls who can't even walk up a flight of a flight of stairs. Yeah, you get like you get underestimated. I think a little bit when you're when you're not like you know the the picture of what people see on Sports Illustrated magazine. So I love that. I love that shirt. I want to make one. I like that. Yep. So yay for 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 um. What was her name again? Sorry. Name was Mary. I can't say how like. Don't well, Mary. Hey, Mary. Mary Marathon. <laughs> yes, Mary Marathon of Kenya. Awesome. Well, that wraps up the show for this week, guys. We hope you're out there voting, doing your civic yeah. duty. Tweet us your pictures of your voted stickers. Do not take a selfie in the booth. That's illegal. You heard it here first. Yeah. So make sure you tweet us at Mandy Woodruff, Mandy with the I, the Budget Nista, and the BA Podcast. It's the BA Podcast, right? The BA Podcast on Twitter. But you can find all our info at brownambitionpodcast.com. Yep. Until next week. And hopefully we'll be celebrating next week because of the election, not crying fitfully. Whatever happens tomorrow, just stay calm, get a bottle of wine, and uh, hug, a, hug a friend. It'll, it'll be okay, I, I think. Maybe? <laughs> Probably. Like 90% sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm praying. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Well, you have a lovely evening, Miss Tiff. You as well. Um, are you going to bounce now? Yeah, because I have a call with OWN. So OWN Network is doing a financial show. They're like, we're interested in maybe having oh, you. Oh, okay. That's important. Yeah, go do that call. <laughs> that's why I'm trying to go to the bathroom first. I'm like, mm. Okay. All right. <laughs> bye. Have a good night. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.